0: Second verse, same as the first. That's right. Playoff edition of more football. Who knew this would happen, okay? Richard Johnson, Vach Lombardi, I'm Adam Burke. It's great to have you with us. We've got five more weeks of hot fire coming straight at you. First and foremost, hey, Giants fans, stop complaining, okay? You're six and 10 team. Here's an idea. Here's how you win a division. Don't have double-digit losses. Doug Peterson and Nate Sudfeld we trust. We begin, though, with the fact all of us are wearing red. Clearly, we're in sympathica right now. Vach, in the Buckeyes hat. I'm wearing the Team Canada, Jersey, World Juniors, what's up? But, watch first off, the Buckeyes. How about Justin Fields and company? Overwhelming Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers.
1: First and foremost, sir, I would never sell my soul and just match colors with y'all just because we got extended for the playoffs or nothing like that. But Justin Fields definitely inspired me. He rolled up in Clemson, took care of business, whooped up on those guys, and he may have shaken up the draft order. It should not have shaken up the draft order, but you know how the experts do. Shouts out to Justin Fields and Ohio State. Roxanne, you don't have to
2: put on a red light. We do have to put on red sweaters, though. Uh, hey, I don't need Trevor Lawrence going up against that fearsome Alabama defense. Put him in rice. Wrap him in bubble wrap. We'll see at the end of April when he's wearing
0: teal. It's a great point. Rich does not need him getting beaten up by Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Look forward to that national championship, but first and foremost, coaching vacancies. That's right. No one wants to cheer anyone losing their job, but Black Monday's seeing a bunch of openings. Anthony Lynn now obviously in need of some work as the Chargers say goodbye. Doug Marone with the Jaguars knew that one was coming. Uh, A lot of the interim guys are not going to be coming back. When you look at the landscape right now, there could be some more openings as well. Richard, which one do you think is the most attractive coaching vacancy?
2: I mean, it's Homer of me, but okay, it's the Jacksonville opening and it's not just me. Like you can talk to a lot of people around the league, both insiders, outsiders, and see that this job is one to covet the number one pick in the draft, but it's not just that it's four top 50 picks. It's 11 draft picks total. It's nearly a hundred million dollars of cap space in a year where the salary cap is not going up. The salary cap is either staying flat or coming down, which means a lot of teams are going to need to shed high price veterans. The Jacksonville Jaguars will be there to pay those high price veterans a little bit of money and revamp that roster. It is the, the simpatico of GM head coach and quarterback that basically every team wants. And the Jaguars are in a position to land uh the owner shot Khan said yesterday that head coach and GM will report to him there will not be sort of the, the classic chain of command that's sort of a new age way to do it. it's what Seattle is doing it's what the Rams are doing uh so the, the, the Jaguars are revamping things and in- Besides the off-season after the 2017 AFC Championship game, this is the most consequential off-season that the Jaguars have had in probably two decades, and I'm serious about that. Uh, but I do think the Jaguars are probably the number one spot. Uh, number two is definitely the Chargers, given that they have a good young quarterback and a lot of blue-chip talent on both sides of the ball.
1: That's absolutely where I was going, Rich. You know. I love draft picks. I love to draft. I love to just get players and see what they could be. But that's what this is, is what it could be. You know, Trevor Lawrence is projected to be one of the better quarterbacks coming out. But, you know, does he work hard? Is he going to make that transition? Will he get figured out? You know, things like that. He should be great. We're not going to make bold proclamations here, but it is kind of rolling the dice, so to speak, right? We know Justin Herbert could play. And we know that the Chargers have a pretty solid team. They just got to be healthy. They got the 12th overall pick and a couple other picks. So let's just continue to build this thing i saw that anthony lynn got fired i was like oh man that's 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 uh that's a good little gateway to go in if you're just some coach and you want a job and you got a quarterback that you don't have to gamble on i think that's a pretty solid situation as well
0: anthony lynn by the way just coaching malpractice i mean late in games you just knew anthony lynn was going to screw it up somehow so unfortunately he's going to look for employment elsewhere you got herbert and you got la there's reasons why that job would certainly be attractive to many many coaches out there all right Let's get into some football. This weekend's going to be awesome. Six games, three on Saturday, three on Sunday, and arguably the best matchup is going to feature the Cleveland Browns back in the dance, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Browns, they've lost 17 straight games at Heinz Field. They're taking on a Steelers team that doesn't look nearly as dominant as previously when they are 11-0. and Maybe now things will turn around for a Cleveland. When we dive into this va- matchup, Vach, the first question is this. What kind of Baker Mayfield are we going to get? We know that Chubb's going to run the ball, and Cleveland's defense will step up, but... What kind of bake are we going to get? Seriously. Well, it's very interesting, you know. You're you're so
1: it's that early season Baker where he's just bus driving, we're getting guys involved, we're you know staying in games, playing defense, get turnovers here and there. But then you got Baker of the second half of the season where he's like throwing for big yards and he's getting everybody involved. And you know, Nick Chubb maybe not getting all of the carries, but if you need him to, he can carry you. Kareem Hunt catching the football. I think that's going to be the big difference here. Also, too, I'm ready for us to, to talk about Miles Garrett in a way that we talk about these other pass for you to come in and just take over because the Browns defense isn't going to be like this super defense but if you're one of the best players on that defense take over and him taking over would make it better for baker we don't want to see baker in in some shootout where he has to throw the ball i think the browns are best when they throw the ball when they want to and then they run the clock and now you're playing catch up and what's so interesting about this matchup is the pittsburgh Steelers could have could have gotten them up out of here last week but they played mason rudolph they lost the game i get it but now it's interesting are the browns you know being hot getting another week of just preparation common opponent are the browns dangerous dangerous enough to beat the Steelers when it
0: you know when it really matters it's interesting when you look at this Browns team right now I do think that they're they have more talent than maybe you realize and maybe I was underestimating Baker Mayfield but quite simply Richard if the Browns wins because they're going to ground and pound and I think that their defense will step up I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to have a 300-yard passing game call me crazy but I think the Steelers defense is pretty good
2: I mean, yes, that is very true. But also, Baker Mayfield's only gone over 300 passing yards twice this season. It doesn't really matter. They don't really need him. What, uh, to do that, what they need him to be is be an efficient distributor of the ball. There's an advanced metric called adjusted yards per attempt. It, it normalizes for sacks and interceptions. When Baker Mayfield's over six. They win. When Baker Mayfield's under six, four of their five losses have come this season. They just need him to be a distributor of the ball. Obviously, that offense has changed since Odell Beckham uh, went out so long ago. I mean, God, that seems like 10 years ago. Uh, But they are a different team. Look, yes, does he have training wheels on him the size of monster truck tires? He does. Does it matter? No. They are winning football games. Uh, They are an offense that is clicking in the way they want to click. Uh the Steelers, I, I just don't know if I trust that Steelers offense. I know Ben got the week off, so you know hopefully the elbow is, is rejuvenated and, and ready to push the ball down the field a couple times. But I don't know. I like the Browns in this game. I know it's weird to say, given that the Browns are going on the road to the team that's sort of, you know, the the old Ric Flair saying to to be the man, you got to beat the man. Uh, And the Browns did it. The Browns did it at home against, you know, not Ben Roethlisberger, but the Browns still do need to beat the man. And I think they will this weekend.
1: So Rich, let me ask you this. Which quarterback is better, Baker Mayfield or Ben Roethlisberger right now?
2: Better? I mean, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger's got the experience, but you, like I don't have to sit here and say Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback just because of what he's done over the last 15 years. The two quarterbacks that I see right now in front of my face, I'd rather take Baker Mayfield.
1: There you go. We don't want to be in a situation where we're living off old bodies and the Pittsburgh Steelers allure and the aura and the name Ben Roethlisberger, Super uh, Super Bowl champion, Ben Roethlisberger. We don't want to fall into that trap of let's just go for him for the sake of going for him. I think as of today, as of week 18, I think Baker Mayfield is better. That's why I'm going Browns, man
0: all right so both of you guys are going to go Browns I'll go Steelers I think the Steelers defensive line will get the better of the Browns offensive line I think Chase Claypool steps up shout out to Rookie Diaries on his own the Canadian from Abbotsford British Columbia has a big game listen Pittsburgh they took care of Cleveland earlier they beat them 38 to 7 in week six this time Cleveland beats Pittsburgh in week 17 that was with Pittsburgh obviously resting a lot of their starters including Roethlisberger although Mason Rudolph did lead a late charge Cleveland was able to be successful but We'll see what happens. Should be a fun game on Sunday night. Next up, the Ravens and the Titans. In this game, you go, wow, Baltimore, they could be dangerous because Lamar Jackson. The Titans, a superhuman effort watch from Derrick Henry. The guy got over 2,000 yards rushing, and I don't think he's going to be the MVP. I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers because he had a ridiculous season as well. 48 touchdowns, only four picks. But as far as the Ravens and the Titans are concerned, first off, what changed for the Ravens? How did they go from a team barely above 500 to now a team that could be a sleeper in the playoffs?
1: I think there was this thing that was going on early in the season where they were kind of playing politics with the running back position. Hey, you know, Ingram is here. We're going to let him be the veteran. We're going to incorporate J.K. We're going to let Gus do things. And I think, you know, you take running backs out of a rhythm uh, somewhat. But if you just let J.K. Dobbins do his thing and, you know, let Gus do goal line carries, then you have a pretty solid running back situation. And this running back situation is, is what's going to make Lamar have a better quarterback situation. You having a better quarterback situation, make sure wide receivers and your tight end have better Pass catching situation. So I think they just had to figure out the run game and with them figuring out run game, everything else just fell into place. The
2: Ravens are absolutely clicking on every cylinder the last three or four weeks, basically since that Browns Monday night game that we all love to watch. Uh, the Ravens have been absolutely playing on tilt. Uh, they've been doing it a lot. They've sort of based the whole run game around this sort of counter bash scheme, which is a little bit different than his own read. Uh, but but it does send the running back out wide and the cornerback up the middle and that quarterback is Lamar Jackson. And when you're blocking what effectively becomes QB counter with Lamar Jackson running the ball. A lot of good things are happening there. Uh, so the offense, I think earlier in the season, the offense was not adjusting to what defenses were throwing at them. and They, they looked one-dimensional. They looked like they didn't have many answers. Uh, and they've sort of come up with some in the last few weeks, particularly if you're playing man coverage against the Ravens, not a great situation because Lamar is really just going to take off. As far as the Titans are concerned in this game, uh, I, I don't think this becomes a dropback passing game because I don't think that's sort of what happened last year. Uh, you know, the Titans just raced out and, and Lamar and the Ravens sort of got out what got out of what they wanted to do and what they did best. I'm not sure that's going to happen in this game. I do think the Titans are going to score. I'm not going to sit here and say the Titans aren't going to score on the Ravens, but I don't know if the the Titans get to a place where the game script is so out of whack, they're up 20 points, and Lamar Jackson's got to do the the classic dropback passing game. Even if that happens, though, I have questions about the Titans, because the Titans' pass rush is not where it needs to be. Uh, and, and so I like the Ravens in this game. I like the Ravens to win because I like what the Ravens have been doing the last few weeks. Uh, I love the Titans I think the Titans are very, very dangerous. They're not just Derrick Henry, uh, because what Ryan Tannehill has been able to do with Corey Davis and AJ Brown, they are so dangerous over the top as well. This is going to be a really, really fun
0: football game. I think there's only one game this weekend and we'll get to it that I'm, that I'm more looking forward to. Titans beat the Ravens 30 to 24 back in week 11. You mentioned Derrick Henry last year in the playoffs, 195 yards rushing, and you mentioned going over the top. Tannehill to Brown, 50 plus yards, there was 18 seconds left, they ended up winning that game on the field goal. 37-yard field goal to win it. That was a wild finish to the Titans in a critical game because they lose that game all of a sudden they're a wild card. Instead, now they win the division, and that's what they'll be placing, the Ravens. The Titans' defense, though, I think they're just brutal. 29th in passing yards, 24th in points allowed. I know Tannehill is great, Vodge. I know Derrick Henry's great. But your D is not going to stop anybody. I think the Ravens get help from the likes of J.K. Dobbins and Mark Andrews. That's why I'm also picking Baltimore. How about you? Yeah, this is this is definitely
1: not going to be a defensive thing. This is going to be... Us as an offense, can we get the defense to do what we want them to do? Then can we exploit that? So Rich was saying earlier, can we get you to man coverage? But you have to earn man coverage, right? So they're going to use that differently. If the Ravens catch you in man coverage, I'm Lamar Jackson, and you're a cornerback, you just turned your back to me. You're a linebacker, you just turned your back to me. I'm going to run. Absolutely. But the Titans are going to use that differently because if you give A.J. Brown one-on-one coverage on the outside, good luck to you. You see what I'm saying? So you have to run the ball to set up what you want to do. So I don't really see the defense really being a factor in you know stopping anybody is more so what you're going to do. It's going to be a high-flying game, a high-scoring game, in my opinion. I'm going to go Titans. I'm going to go Titans because I think they can attack you from multiple, multiple places. Uh, We got to give Tannehill some respect, man. He's not some Pat Mahomes kind of guy, but he can throw the ball. Titans do have receivers. Then they got this nuclear bomb and Derrick Henry that just runs everything over. To zone more live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive premier league
2: and UEFA champions league. Stream every NFL game, including the super bowl plus exclusive red zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone
0: else. DAZN. 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 Week 11 versus the Ravens. Tannehill did pass 259 passing yards. Had a couple of touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, he's rushed for over 80 yards for his last five games. So, listen, if you love quarterbacks, exciting quarterbacks, Titans, Ravens, couldn't agree more. That's going to be a really fun matchup to watch those two go head-to-head. Another game right now we wanted to dive into, and that's the Bucks and Washington. You go, all right. On paper, I mean, Washington, you're a 7-9 and team. Like, that's a joke, the fact you're a division champion. But you are at home, and you have a fearsome defensive line led by Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and you're taking on 43-year-old Tom Brady. And Chase Young is not averse to talking a little smack. He went out with a little, I want Tom. That's right. He's throwing down the gauntlet that his team is going to be fired up to go after Tom Brady. Here's the big question, Rich. Can the Washington D stop the Bucks offense?
2: Be careful what you wish for, young man. Gonna tell you something, old man. River gonna have something for you on on this weekend. Uh, Look, this is the classic Tom Brady story, right? It's Tom Brady versus pressure. Tom Brady. This is not just a Tom Brady problem, but quarterbacks are uncomfortable when they are pressured, particularly when they get pressure. Coming up the middle, coming up the shoot, uh, and and what is going to happen if if Washington plays this perfectly is you got pressure up the middle. Tom Brady's got to slide right or slide left, which means he is sliding right into the waiting arms of Chase Young. I think Washington's defense is going to make Tampa Bay's day more uncomfortable than it should be. But at the end of the day, I don't know how Washington. Uh, it plans to score points in this game. Uh, and I think at the end
1: of the day, that will be Washington's undoing out of everybody in the east that the Bucks could have played right like the cowboys are more of an offensive team now the giants have a good defense but they're more of a balanced defense but this is the one matchup that i think brady just really doesn't want because he got to deal with those guys up front and it's not just chase young it's Montez sweat is going to get involved jonathan is going to get involved you know like that 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 front seven is super super stout and this isn't going to be a situation where we're looking at the at the washington football team's offense like hey are you going to keep up with tom brady is is tom brady going to get up off the ground when these young men start hitting him in his chest right and it's a lot more than just the washington football team playing defense there's another angle here this little phrase that we have coined on this show that good old old man armless uh i just don't have a lot of faith in it and you're going to see this common trend in my picks i'm not going to be picking the old man in these exchanges just like i'm not going to do it now i think the washington football team they should definitely keep this thing low scoring the best they can mike evans probably not going to be playing this week that's probably going to do something to your game plan there i i In in good faith, I don't want to go against Tom Brady for the
0: Washington football Wizards. But I just got an interesting feeling about it, man. Well, Chase Young, seven and a half sacks, four forced fumbles. If he has a huge game, that would go a long way towards Washington winning. I'm with Rich. I just don't think Washington scores enough points. Alex Smith's been an incredible story, as has Ron Rivera. Both these guys overcoming a lot of adversity, but I just can't see them being able to compete with Tampa. Having said that, Brady, I mean, again, I know the old man armness, and you've copyrighted that term here, Vach, but he finished third in touchdowns and passing yards. There's still life in that arm. I know he's at the same guy. He's 43 years old, but I still think the Bucs have a little more in the can. Yeah, I think the Bucs sort of win this
2: game because, okay, if the Bucs can't go over the top, if Tom Brady doesn't have time to go over the top like that, what does he have time to do? He's got time to throw slants all day to one Antonio Brown, who a lot of people may forget about. Uh, this may be an
0: Antonio Brown showcase uh, this weekend. Should be a lot of fun when it comes to Washington and Tampa. It's been an odd season for the NFC East. It would be even odder if the team that won that division, Washington, actually wins a playoff game. We shall see. Remember way back when Russell Wilson was the no-doubt first half MVP of the NFL season? That's right. First five games, let Russ cook. Five on O Seahawks offense was absolutely tremendous. And then what happened? Yes, they're still in the playoffs. Yes, they still win the division. But the offense is not nearly as dynamic as it was earlier, and the defense has actually stepped up. Now they're taking on a Rams team. When it comes to this team, Seahawks beat the Rams 20-9 in Week 16, and in Week 10, it was the Rams that beat Seattle 23-16. to Rich, first and foremost, what happened to the Seahawks and that offense being so prolific? Man,
2: I don't really know. You know, it, it, DK Metcalf is one thing, but where the heck is Lockett? I mean, I don't know where their explosiveness has gone on defense, uh, or excuse me, on offense in general. Now, I do know when you play the Rams, I know that that is a whole nother matchup issue. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey is locking down whoever it is he's on, and he is physical enough to play with DK Metcalf, one of the few corners who can really say that. So it's a matchup nightmare for the Seahawks, given that Jalen Ramsey can shut down part of the field, whatever part of the field DK Metcalf is on, and then the rest of that Rams defense uh, can can have matchup advantages and numbers advantages against the rest of the Seahawks passing game because Jalen Ramsey can't go one for one. Uh, the Rams make no bones about the fact that they don't really care about packing a lot of guys into uh, having heavy run boxes to stop the run, right? They're like, look, you can have your five-yard carries. We don't want you to hit your 50-yard bomb. So the way the Rams uh, play defense in general and specifically the way they play against the Seahawks, or excuse me, against the, uh, yeah, against the Seahawks, makes it a tough matchup for them. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, you also got the Jared Goff thing. Whether Jared Goff is going to play or not with a bummed hand, I don't know. Whether you want to play the other guy because he may add a vertical nature to your offense. Because it's clear that when Jared Goff has to be a drop back passer, there are serious problems for the Rams.
0: So wait, you'd put Wolford in ahead of Goff? That's stunning. With a bum hand, maybe. Wow. All right, Vodkin, Wolford, we trust. What do you think, Seattle and the Rams? I mean. Again, the Seahawks' offense is not the same as it once was. How are the Rams going to score there, especially if Goff is not at
1: 100%? I don't hate that idea because it wouldn't be the first time Sean McVay has carried his uh, quarterback that we don't have faith in. So, I mean, it, it'll it'll pretty much be uh, on track there. But um, it's interesting. I mean, should we not have let Russ cook? I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to say that he's been figured out at this point. You know, he's an older quarterback, now 30-31. So, he's kind of in it in his way now but you know maybe Chris Carson should be more involved maybe Carlos Hyde should be involved because that's when this thing was super dangerous I mean you were really uh, making things work with you know Lockett and DK Metcalf things but let's not forget Carlos Hyde was getting some Uh, Carson was getting some then Carson got hurt then all those other six uh, Seahawks backs got some so I think you know getting the run game involved is pretty much important here now why would you not get the run game involved I think it's just been kind of egregious how the Seahawks have been ignoring drafting offense. Of line maybe that's kind of catching up to him uh, but if you're not letting Russ cook you know Russ probably needs a way out and I don't think the Seahawks have the way out so now we're in a situation where Russ has to cook and if you're in a, situa- if you're in a situation where you have to cook the defense you know can kind of play counter to that uh, so you know that Jalen Ramsey's going to do things with uh, with uh, Metcalf over there that's going to be a heavyweight fight but the opposite of that is you got Aaron Donald who's going to be the opposite of Aaron Donald he's just going to be chasing people all over the place right uh, so I think it's going to be an interesting match if i had to make the decision i always want to go with the better quarterback so i should say seahawks but like i said earlier i've seen sean McVay kind of carry guys before and if he's on par then we're just going to boogie with that if cam Akers comes back healthy then let's go rams
0: donald's been incredible 13 and a half sacks four forced fumbles he's in the conversation for defensive player of the year and Metcalf and lockett in terms of them slowing down only three touchdowns over their past six games I will still go with Seattle because of the fact I just don't think the Rams are going to be able to score. Although I love Woods and Cup, obviously the wide receiver position, if you can't get them the ball, that's going to be a problem. So I will also lean with Vach in that theory of the quarterback is better. Rich, how about you? Seattle or the Rams?
2: I don't know, man. The horns outside are are leaning one way for me. (laughs) But I do think I'm going to take the Seahawks.
1: Wow. No, Rich, you I'm missed it. it. Like horns, like Rams, like horns. Like you missed the whole thing. <laughs> say Rams. Just, just say Rams next time.
0: We'll move on to the Colts and the Bills. And earlier, Richard was teasing his game of the week. This is the one he's fired up to see. Indianapolis, that good defense able to sneak into the playoffs. They were almost an 11 win team that didn't make the playoffs, but because they won, Miami got destroyed by the Buffalo Bills. Two at a time, ain't happening. 58 pass attempts, three interceptions, as Miami's defense was just lit up by Josh Allen and the Bills. Even in the second half, the Bills rested a lot of their first half starters. Didn't matter. They still kept scoring more points, which is surprising, because Miami's defense was only giving up 18.8 points a game. Be that as it may, Miami loses. Indianapolis beats the Jaguars. They're in, taking on the Buffalo Bills. The team, for many of us, feel is the second best team in the AFC they are certainly that on paper as the number two seed how about it Rich this is your game of the week what are you most fired up for with this one I'm really excited to see the Colts
2: make the Bills work for it in this game uh you know I, I think the Colts so the Colts play basically more cover two than any defense in the NFL they really just let that front four go to work uh, and when you play a lot of cover two, the top really stays on your defense and I think Josh Allen and the Bills have been at their best with Stefan Diggs taking the tops off of defenses which is just going vertical over the top and having a lot of success so i I do think this may have to be a patient josh allen in this game to win this game i am taking the colts in this game To i don't know if this is a massive upset but i'm taking the colts to win this game because i'm not sure josh allen can be patient enough to matriculate the ball down the field uh and, and win this game i really like what the colts do on
1: defense it's not fancy but it works Hell yes, it would be a massive upset, but you're absolutely right, Rich. We're going to need something uh, from Josh Allen that we haven't seen as good as he's been this year, but we're going to have to see some nuance from him, right? We're going to see, can he like dial that thing back? Like we know you can be rocket man. We know you can get those big plays, but they're not going to give you big plays. So can you just take the dump offs? Can you just take the short routes? Can you just, you know, like take what the defense gives you basically? Can you play that game? Um, Sure, he can, but my biggest criticisms of Josh Allen when he came out is that he can make all the big throws, but he misses the layups. Uh he's gonna have to make a lot of layups, so we're gonna see how much Josh Allen has really uh, you know, grown there. Um I, I haven't been the biggest Bills Mafia fan this year, but they have definitely been impre- or just the Bills team, rather, not the fan base that harassed me on Twitter. Uh, but they have been pretty impressive in the second half of the season. Shots out to them. But how embarrassing would it be for Josh Allen to come out and have this MVP team? Type of I'm going to catch up and not make it type of uh, situation in in the um, back half of the season, but then lose in the first round to Old Man Armus. So that's why I'm going Bills because of Old Man Armus.
0: I love it. You guys are disrespect. Well, at least Rich was disrespecting Josh Allen. 15 touchdowns his past five games. I think he's going to step up big time. And listen, maybe the Indianapolis defense can slow them down a little bit, but I don't know where the Colts are scoring points. Maybe Taylor, seven touchdowns for his past four games. I know the Bills are 17th in rushing defense. But, Rich, do you really think that Indy – I mean, the game plan, I guess, to beat Buffalo, you're saying that you think the defense can slow down. Stephon Diggs, who had 127 receptions this season, but where do they score the points from? That's what I want to know. You think Phillip Rivers can turn back the clock in western New York? Yeah, I mean, what does Philip Rivers really need to do here? I don't. If this
2: becomes a game that ends in the 30s or the 40s for both teams, I think the Bills win the shootout. But if this becomes a mucky game, a dirty game, uh, Phillip Rivers only needs to lead three touchdown drives or three and a half touchdown drives, 24 points or whatever, to win this game, like I think is possible here. Yeah, I think the Colts can get it done. I do think the Colts have enough offense to get that done.
1: Give
0: the ball to Jonathan Taylor and live life. Go ahead. I was going to say, no, you're right, Vach. For the Colts to win, you hope Jonathan Taylor can do enough against that Bills defense. But I just love the fact we got a Bills playoff game. I mean, this is 25 years long in the making. And they're going to have some fans there, That They made an executive order. There's about six or 7,000 fans. No tailgating, but Bills mafia is going to be representing.
1: Nobody wants to sit out in that cold and watch the Bills play football and lose to the Colts. Man,
0: what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> 6,000 people are saying, no, no, we're in. We're going to watch the Bills win. We're going to go on to the next round. Last game to discuss here more football, playoff edition. That would be the Bears and the Saints. Now, the Bears are just brutal. I mean, i got to bury these guys. Trubisky, in a game that they had to win, he couldn't throw one touchdown pass. They lose the Packers, but instead they back their way in because Kyler Murray's got an ankle injury, and the Cardinals lose to the Rams. So the Bears at 8-8. They had a six-game losing streak at one point this season. They're in the playoffs. They're a bad team. And here's the situation, Rich. Their offense actually scored a lot of points down the stretch with the Packers game notwithstanding. They scored 30 or more points in four straight games. Montgomery's been absolutely massive for them at the running back position. But their defense, which we're used to associating being the strength of this team, especially early in the year, Khalil Mack and others, they haven't nearly stepped up. And that's why there's no way I think they're going to shut down Kamara and Breeze, etc. I think the Saints win. What do you got? No, I mean, obviously all three of us have our misgivings about
2: the Saints offense and what it may do in cold weather or what have you. I do not think those misgivings are going to bear themselves in this game against those Chicago Bears. Uh, The Bears are beating up on bad football games, uh, bad football teams in these games. Like you said, when they got to the Packers game, it looked a lot different. I mean, look up Mitch Trubisky's passing chart, uh, any of our viewers on Sunday. It was tough. He had, I think, four attempts greater than 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. That is not going to get it done against one of the best defenses in the NFL, which is those New Orleans Saints. I think the Bears' defense is fine. It's good. It's not great. It has taken a step back, and that is one of the reasons why I don't see what the Bears are doing at an elite level on either offense or defense. Uh, You know, they're not getting a ton of turnovers. They're not making a ton of splash plays. I just don't think the Bears have enough to beat the Saints in this game. This will not be the redux of the close game that we saw earlier in the season that went to overtime.
1: I badly want to give you like a three-word answer, a little 10-second answer. I, I badly want to do it. Uh, the, the, the the Bears are just terrible. I hate to look at them. I fall asleep. They make me take naps. Um, however, I think they're going to win this game, but I can't explain it yet. Uh, I, wow. think, I, I just think that if we walk into a game knowing that Alvin is going to have to be the guy, then let's zero in on Alvin. Now, knowing that you have to stop Alvin and stopping Alvin, those are two totally different tasks. So let's just put Michael that out Thomas there. coming
2: back though, right? Michael Thomas coming back?
1: michael thomas and drew Brees as a combo in 2017 was impressive 18 <laughs> 19 was impressive drew Brees and michael thomas in 2020 21 does not make me lose sleep at night and it all comes back to that good old old man armness i'm not saying that mitch is going to come out here and be great i'm not saying that he gets benched in the middle of the game and we bring in uh nick Foles and Nate sudfield however you want to do this quarterback i'm not saying that's going to happen but playoffs crazy things happen and i really can't explain it but if david montgomery gets going and alan robinson gets going and jimmy graham sneaks and get one of those touchdowns in the back of the end zone because he's old too then this thing could look a lot different than you thought it could right and then let's just let the bears pass rush the bears haven't been great but all you need is one game to be great to get a win i'm gonna go bears and i'm gonna hate sand and we're gonna come back on more football next week and y'all gonna talk crazy about me it is what it is wow well,
0: no, I love a good bold pick. Montgomery, seven touchdowns this past six games. When the Saints and Bears did play each other, it was a close game. New Orleans beat the Bears 26-23 in overtime back in Week 7. So, can the Bears win? Yeah, and the Saints definitely need help from Kamara, but those are bold predictions. I like. Listen, you guys both were definitely putting it out there. The fact that Richard's calling the Colts to beat the Bills, and Vaj, you were saying the Bears over the Saints. They love you right now in Chicago. Let's send you some free deep dish from Lou Malnati's. As we close here on more football, just a thought on the national championship here, Vaj. Alabama against Ohio state. That's right. We were denied the chance to see Alabama Clemson again. Who do you got? Crimson Tide of the Buckeyes who only played 6 games in the regular season and now they're in the national championship.
1: Oh man, Ohio State was so so impressive. But let me tell you something. This Alabama monster is a different monster than that Clemson thing. The the I think the Clemson team last year was a lot more talented than the one this year, so they had to lean on Lawrence. But what Mac Jones is doing with look, so I think the Alabama offense now is better than Alabama offense last year. Najee Harris has gotten better somehow. Jalen Waddle is practicing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is gonna be a fun game. I gotta go, Alabama.
2: Yeah, I'm going with the tide too. I think when you look at sort of how Ohio State did what they did on Friday night uh, against Clemson, a lot of what they did was with varying tempos and, and, and you know they came out and they took advantage of the fact that Clemson subs in personnel and waits till like the last second to get the play call in on defense. When they're able to do that, you're seeing a lot of the splash plays that Ohio State made. Clemson's not lined up right You know who's gonna know what to do there that nick saban alabama defense because they've seen it it is clear that because ohio state only played six games they were able to hold some things back and not show those things uh on film and clemson hadn't seen that there were a lot of things that ohio state did uh on friday night that clemson just simply had not seen now it's on tape now alabama will have a plan on defense Uh, and i do think the tide rolls because that alabama offense against that Ohio State defense is not a matchup I like if I am the buckeyes beyond back Sean Jones. Wade yeah. beyond Sean Wade there's not a lot on the back end of that uh, of that Ohio State defense i think the only thing that is ohio state's saving grace is if their front four uh, can really make a lot of hay similar to what it did on Friday night against Clemson. But here's the problem that Alabama offense, Joe Moore Award winners, the best offensive line in college football. Mac Jones is probably going to have a ton of time, even if Haskell Garrett
0: for Ohio State has something to say about it. Love it more football. Mac Jones, return of the Mac. We'll see if Alabama and that high octane offense can get it done. Next time we'll talk some university football for all the Canadians watching. Uh, for Richard Johnson, Vosh Lombardi, and Madden Burke. Do not forget NFL Films did a phenomenal recap of the season. That's available right now on the Zone and the Rookie Diaries featuring Chase Claypool also on the Zone as well. Once again, more football coming at you next week. The Playoff Edition, straight out of Bompton. We'll see you next time. <laughs>